Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And here we go. From Studio 2 in Oxford, Mississippi, this is After Hours with RebelGrove.com. Bye. Thank you, Your Honor. This isn't a victory for me. This is a victory for the justice system. And my boss. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Oxford Exxon. Stop in today for all your food, fueling, and beverage needs. Yeah, you can put some onion in while you're deglazing. I was thinking about shallots, actually. Oh, yeah. Shallots won't overwhelm the chicken's natural flavors. Are you insane? Maybe some mild post-traumatic stress disorder, but... But he drinks a lot, so... So, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good handle on it. All right, hold on just a second here. Are you telling me that if you have this Tourette's syndrome, you can say whatever you want all the time and never get in trouble? My nerves are frayed enough as it is. Really? No, Long Island iced tea number three really took the edge off. What, is this a communist country or something? No, this is America! So we are going to beat the Russians! Give it up, folks. Mike Aruzioni. And now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey Wright and Dylan Edwards. I feel like that perfectly is the tagline for our show. What the hell? What the hell? From our assholes to your eardrums. Here you go. After hours. Jeffrey Wright, joined as per usual by Dylan Edwards. Dylan, good day, my man. A week later, that intro still flames, though. It's, you're, I mean, you're right. It's the best thing I've ever done. I still think when I had the old radio show and I did, I created a campaign. It was right after the Memphis was announced as like one of the 30-something cities for the U.S. that could possibly be one of the cities chosen for the U.S. Olympic uh, bid. I started a campaign for Memphis, and that one was pretty darn good as well. Just why not? Yeah, and that was like an extended bit too. That was like twelve minutes. Like that was twelve minutes that if like if I had to like actually work that into like a like a stand up comedy routine, that was twelve minutes that like would have actually been funny, like professionally funny. Cause like I had I had like the the commission on strong arming in which I had like all of three six mafia with Project Pat, of course. Um <laughs> I had like half our politicians in charge of bribing. Um of course, you know, our spokesperson was Justin Timberlake because he's so talented. He's uh, the, he was that's, a, that's a good face, though. He was the commissioner of wooing, I believe, was because I was like, you, I mean, you have to basically like, is the chairman female? Is the chairman female? Please be female. But I feel like now even dudes are at the point where they couldn't tell Justin Timberlake no. <laughs> okay. Like I, I did, I just felt felt pretty good about that. Um, that was that was one of the better. Like, dudes aren't even jealous. It's just total respect. No, we went from we kind of did. We did what chicks did with what chicks did with Kate Upton. We kind of did with Timberlake. We all just kind of eventually just we we went from like hating on him because you know he's in insane, and then he kind of reinvents himself, and now we're just pretty much all on board. Just like dude's awesome. Like I feel like even amongst guys, he's one of the most popular guys. So he never he was never at like Bieber level of hate. Yeah, but, but guys didn't like him, but now everyone loves him. 
No, he was, but he was, in fairness to him, he was never like the colossal douchebag that Bieber was. He didn't have the frosted tips. That was pretty bad. No, I mean, never forget the Jufro, the frosted Jufro with the with the earrings. Like they were like female earrings that he I mean, wore. It was easy just to say douchebag when you saw him. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You, but he didn't do it that much that he sat there because he tapped Britney Spears when Britney Spears was Britney Spears, and then broke up with her on a song, and that was kind of the their careers went in different paths after that. She has rebounded pretty nicely though, like. She rebounded much better than I thought she would. Well, like she's still like I saw a picture of her like a there was a bikini over the summer and you're like wow still got it. Where, where she went down to it was depths where mm. you had to only come up. No, I was at Pepperdine when she had the meltdown when she had like the buzzing her head and you know she lives in Malibu so that was that was a fun experience. Um, so the Super Bowl was last night and you know obviously everyone knows what happens the Patriots win. I don't know, like a third of the country didn't watch it. Right, and... Two-thirds of the country. Only 118.5 million people watched the yeah, halftime show. I don't understand. Show. How, how did two-thirds of the country not watch the Super Bowl? I don't understand. It's hard for me to believe. I mean, you do... like We, we, we forget, but there's a ton of people that have to work. Two-thirds? Yeah, but I mean, think about like just the average town, the retail store that's open. Like, I don't, I don't think people really... Like, I mean, plus you have, you basically have a third of the country that's just not going to watch that game on principle because they're the asshole that doesn't like sports. Like, you have those people out there. I think, I, I personally could not understand, I couldn't fathom willfully choosing to not watch the Super Bowl. Like, to make a statement. And I do feel like some people in SEC country and college football country don't watch it to prove a point. Like, college football's better. It's a really dumb stance to take. It's a it's an idiotic stance that in no way, shape, form, or fashion is backed up by any statistical evidence if or you any. Like, if you like football, it, it was impossible not to enjoy that game last night. No, it, I mean it's the, just a good football. The game. only argument you could have is that the first quarter was a little slow. Well, that happens, and that a happens lot. in football. Teams were it was two, it was two good teams that were trying to not make a mistake and feel each other out. Rebecca Lowe's on the screen, and I'm sorry, I don't. What is she? What doing? am I missing? But what, I'm what is missing, she doing with her hair? You're obsessed with her. I'm missing something on her. What's the deal? And by the way, I get the accent thing because we've discussed. I have that Anglophile thing or whatever. I chicks that speak Queen's English or King's English. I'm all about. But I don't. I don't see what because you're not. And you're not the only person that has this stance that she's super hot. But I, I'm missing something. It's not so much super hot. It's like just super desirable in a way. Like, she's not the hottest woman on earth or anything close to that. But she's just, like, attractive enough, and she talks about soccer in a British accent. So she's your – is she your attainable hot? Well, like, she's not even attainable hot, though. But she's not it's even – It's just weird. Like, it's a very weird dynamic with her. I mean, I hate to do this to the poor girl. She wasn't asking for it, but – I'm sure she's listening. I mean, that nose is an issue. That's an issue right there. Like, that Beautiful eyes. I will give you that. Super pretty eyes, blonde. We're already starting off nice. Uh, she has the super refined London accent. So and the men in blazers like her, and if they like her, then she's obviously good. Well, like she's set up. She's basically for me. She should be like right in my sweet spot. But I don't know, man. She, she does get the bonus points from them too. Kind of like Simmons gets bonus points from Corolla and Kimmel because yeah. because they like each other. That means that he's better. 
just because? Well, it's my deal with Simmons that Simmons does a lot of things that really bother me and really annoy me, yet I never get bothered or annoyed at Simmons because Corolla still like he gets the Corolla seal of approval, therefore he needs nothing else. Like that's it. He his podcast from last night was kind of strange. The Corolla Corolla where they had the kids and it was just his two kids just hanging out. Well, it was super obvious that the only reason why he was even podcasting was a he was in a room where he had there were enough they're all at Kimmel's house and apparently Kimmel's house was just a haven of celebrities. So he chooses to do it there because. For anyone who's ever tried to book their own show, even Corolla, who's the biggest in the planet, booking A-list stars, not that easy. Um, so I think his original plan was like, he'll get, he'll put, he'll pull Matt Damon aside, he'll pull like, and he'd get like five or ten minutes with them on the podcast while concurrently sobering up. That was, that was the deal. There he was, was drunk and waiting until he there, could drive his kids. There was no question the main, pur- the main purpose outside of having an opportunity where you could have better guests than normal. The main purpose of that was him to just sober up for an hour. Like that was 100% what was happening. Uh, Simmons came through and dropped the great line about uh, finally uh, fast seven has given me what I've needed. We needed skyscrapers. I've been screaming for skyscrapers. We'd been fast, fast and furious had been lousy with skyscrapers. We finally got it. Um, That is true. The first, the very first one of these was just a drag racing movie. That was Dag's point. Because like, you can tell Dag's also a car guy. You, you can tell Dag's also pretty pretty uh, okay with the franchise, if you will. If you will. <laughs> and his point of this show started off, this, this movie started off as, a, as drag racing. Now they are saving the world. Like, when you think about that progression, they were basically stealing cars, stealing and racing, illegally racing cars, now they're superheroes. This this leap that they've done is nothing short of spectacular. It was getting hated on in the room. I don't know. That thing looked like everything I want more from Fast 7. It is the ultimate know-what-it-is movie. It knows what it is. It stays in its lane. and It's, it's going to blow some stuff up. It's going to show cool cars, and they're going to go really fast. Really quick. And they never disappoint. And everyone's like, you're going to see that? I was like... Yes. You're going to see that like on opening day. Oh, I, every the last three I've gone either opening afternoon or opening night. Not opening morning. Fast Six is the first movie I can remember giving a standing ovation at the end. Like the, the end of Fast Six was just breathtaking. Like it was at no point was I watching that movie and not completely and utterly entertained. It is the hardest seven of all time movies. Like it's just a seven throughout. But it's like I would argue it's the same thing with like a Wedding Crashers. Is Wedding Crashers Citizen Kane? No. Is Wedding Crashers The Dark Knight? Because I put The Dark Knight up there. If it had Natalie Portman as uh, Rachel Dawson, which they it could have easily made that happen. It's not like Warner Brothers would have been like, you know, so this isn't going to make enough like, money. What does she want? Does she want like $7 million or something? Just give it to this her. This isn't going to make enough money to justify her existence. Um, it made a billion. But like Wedding Crashers knows exactly what Wedding Crashers is. It's and like it, old school too. Same thing. Old school, in my opinion, of all, the, of all the frat pack movies, in my opinion, old school is the best because it takes the best of the collection of the frat pack and they all do what they do best. 
Vince Vaughn is nothing short of spectacular when it just comes to smart-ass, like, witty one-liners. Just fantastic. Will Ferrell, I mean, there's just... It, if someone sits there and goes, you got to pick what Frank the Tank's best moment was, it's impossible. You All cannot... You can't... Yeah, just when he's on screen. We're going streaking. We're going streaking, everybody. Just one. Just one. It's so good. Right, right when it hits the lips. It's just so good. Uh, and then... You have Jeremy Piven being an asshole, which there's no better role for Jeremy Piven than just being an asshole because, well, Jeremy Piven just gets to play Jeremy Piven. His agent did not do well with him, though. No, but there's a certain, is there's he, a certain, there's is a, he just a weird dude. He's, no, he's collectively like whenever you hear about Hollywood, like when you see people that are collectively like when they do the list of like most difficult to work with and the biggest asshole, Jeremy Piven is Always unanimously. I wonder on his he list. plays it so well. No, that's my, that's my point. So it's like he's not actually acting; he's just existing. Is there a movie where he doesn't play that character? I guess in like Serendipity or something. Well, he started off in the '80s as kind of like in in Lucas or something. He's he's like the uh, the awkward like antihero. You know, the kid that you feel bad for. What this the sympathetic character? Serendipity is not a movie I ever expected to be mentioned on this podcast. I would say that you probably hit some money. Somebody made some money in Vegas on, on the prop bets there. Um, That's such a bad movie. But I would, and, then, and then Luke Wilson's there to tie the whole thing together. Because Luke, to move the story along, Luke Wilson's very good. Uh, I, I, just, I think old, of all those movies, Old School to me is the most complete of the movies. And it knows what it is. It never tries to be anything else. You're my boy, Blue. The singing Kansas dust in the wind at the funeral. I mean, there, there's, there's actually not a bad second of that movie. There's not a wasted second of that movie. It's one of those movies, too, where if it's on, okay, cool. Craig Kilborn has uh, an appearance, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when everyone thought he was going to end up being. <laughs> He's also another, uh, another guy, like when you see the list of people in Hollywood that are significant assholes. He's always on that one. Um, now he's not actually in Hollywood, so started on Sports Center. Really? Yeah. I used to I used to really like the late late show with Craig Kilborn. That shows you how pathetic my life was. Um so uh where, where were we going with that? Uh we were praising Fast Seven. Oh yeah, pr- Fast Seven. So Wait, the- what were we doing before that? Whatever, go ahead. Somehow we went from Rebecca Lowe to this. Um, but the the deal with Fast 7, when everyone is acting like... I guess it bothers me that people... People think, like, I think those are great movies. Like, no, I think they're great at what they do, which is... There are... There's so many movies that try to be something that they're not. I respect things that are what they are. That doesn't mean... You don't. I don't feel like every movie has to set out and be some earth-shattering, some political statement. Sometimes people just want to sit and be entertained. It's kind of what I thought with Imitation Game, too. I mean, they were telling a cool story, but they didn't try to do something stupid with it. They just told the story. No, there's a 100% chance if America does that movie, they fuck it up. Yes, they would have made the game. They would have made it. And I saw somebody who, on the message board, very, you know, in came with the intellectual argument um, 
it went with the the intellectual like well no i think that was the story and it's like no 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 the story is cracking enigma well, the story, one of the part of one of the aspects of his life is that he's gay. I mean, it was cracking enigma, and he was an asshole. It didn't have anything to do with him being gay. Well, and the, I mean, but, he was an outcast, but it wasn't because he was gay that he was an outcast. Because he was the smartest person in the room. Right? No, he's and he he made people feel insignificant. But the problem that everyone's like, well, but they ignored. It's like I don't feel like they ignored it at all. No, I, mean, I felt like well, they spent the entire last two scenes on it, and well, and they did the childhood. Like relationship thing. I mean, yeah. they didn't ignore it. They, that was a very big part of the story, but it wasn't the story. The story is cracking Enigma and how they did it, the challenges they went against. And I mean, there's a lot of other. I just, I, it was, it was my most enjoyable movie to watch. I don't, I still stand by thus far. Now, I've not seen Whiplash yet, and I've had other people see Whiplash and they'll say I'll change my opinion, but until. Until I see something else, American Sniper is still the best movie I've seen. It's just heavy. It's intense. But you have to see it. It's one of those ones where... And it's not even like an American, like you have to see it. It's one of those ones where there are, there are so few f- films that I feel like are actual experiences. That is an experience. How long is that? 220 maybe. Long, but not like... I like that about Imitation Game, too. It came in just right at, at two. two. Yeah, yeah, right at two. Birdman was right at two. I, I enjoyed the shit out of Birdman. But apparently I'm the only... Apparently everyone else is like, hey, yeah, it was good for like 90 minutes. I I love. I thought Birdman was really good. Uh, Nightcrawler's another good one. It, it got kind of snubbed. I don't know why. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. Okay, so last year, uh, I worked for a company known as Rivals.com. We... Essentially, though we do more from what from our perspective, uh, essentially we are a recruiting website. Last year on National Signing Day, not a great time, the I would say. Biggest single day for college football recruiting, our website crashes. Completely crashes. The equivalent of Walmart not being open on Black Friday. That's. Obviously, we're not as big of a company as Walmart, but we are, I believe, the second most profitable in the, the second most profitable part of Yahoo. Um, so not good, right? Not a great business strategy. Well, yesterday, for the second straight year in a row, over one hundred million dollars was gambled in Vegas on the Super Bowl. Guess what? They won again. Sure, they won again. They've lost like twice. They lost the Giants in 08 and one other time. So, in other words, yesterday is basically the single biggest day in gambling for everyone that ha- for every odds maker. Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest day of the year. Bovada.com was shut down for the entirety of the game, or at least the entirety of every time I was trying to check it. From about 40 minutes before kickoff. Through most of the game, crashed. So I made a good decision with my uh, sports book. Well, sports book, but also you made the better decision. You got everything in the night before. I did that. And I was going to wait and see how the line moved. So I got a lot of my prop bets in. However, I did not get my actual big bet in, which turns out okay. You would have lost. I would have lost because um, I was going to take the Seahawks money line. I, I really did think about that. I do think the reason I was able to enjoy the shit out of the interception so much more last night 
was that I didn't have the money line. Well, I had really no feel for the game, so I didn't really have any interest in betting a money line. So the Pats win their fourth Super Bowl, but I was thinking about this. Have they won a Super Bowl yet by more than one score? Where did they beat the Eagles by? See, I can never remember the Eagles. I can't remember that Super Bowl at all either. They beat the Rams by Terrell three. Terrell Owens had a huge catch when he was like on one leg. I do remember that. They beat the Rams by three. They beat the Panthers by three. And they I don't remember anything about that Eagles game. And then last night they win by four. Okay, so obviously we have to get to it, and this is what we always think of. 24-21, three points. So another. So this is their fourth Super Bowl to win by fewer than a score. So, I mean, my, my thing, I, this is also going, it may not sound like it right now, but it is a compliment. The fact that every Super Bowl, they've, they got crushed by the Bears in 85 or 86, whatever, I think 86. The, they lose by two scores to the Packers, but it was really a closer game than that. So then the next six Super Bowls are decided by basically ranging from three to four points. They are four and two in those. And really should be five and one. You had to could you imagine could you imagine being a Pats fan last night when was it Baldwin or Curse? Curse. Could you imagine watching that catch and being because as we've discussed, people from Boston aren't really lukewarm on the Pats. They're pretty all in. It was just one of those weird, like, I mean, has there been really a weirder five minutes of a game, just five minutes real time, than that catch followed by the interception on the one yard line? I, I just, I can't think of anything that strange. I'm trying to think of other games that have ended, that have gone from that high to that low. I mean, there's been quickly. crazy endings and stuff, but not. That was just weird. Yeah, I, I can't think of one. Like, off the top of my head, no, I cannot think of anything that's even in that category. When you go from that high to that low. It was a nice touch of uh, NBC immediately playing the Tyree catch as soon as that catch was made. Well, somebody was on, I mean, in fairness to the truck, when you realize that there's a last, the chance for a game-ending drive against the Patriots, you have to have every clip of the Giants. Left. I was hoping they were going to show the uh, Manningham catch because it's just an amazing throw. Well, in my opinion, they probably had two clips queued up in the truck. They had the helmet catch, and they had that pass. And they were waiting for any moment that was going to be similar. If, if the truth is... Wilson threw that one pass that you and I sit there and go, oh, my God, that was a hell of a throw. But Baldwin or somebody couldn't come down with it. Like, we were sitting there just going, that was – it might have been Matthews. That was a hell of a throw. I feel like if he hits that pass, they would have shown the Manningham. Yeah, it was right on the sideline. Yeah. It was a perfect pass. Uh, so I feel like that would have happened. Instead, they get – I still have no idea physically how that happened. The only other play that I can remember that's somewhat similar is the Scott Frost Nebraska pass against Missouri, where the guy kicks it. The ball like bouncing perfectly up in the air, yet soft enough to catch. Like it, physics were bent there. I remember Green Bay had a weird deflection catch when a receiver was laying on the ground, but I mean, there's not even many of those I can think of. That was also weird because he was on the ground and nobody ever touched him down. Uh, was I think it was Freeman. 
Uh, that was a Monday night game. That was a n- another head scratcher. So it's just one of those ones where you sit there and you go, if you're a Pats fan and you're watching that, you just – I was so close. If, if Seattle doesn't screw it up, God hates Boston would have been trending. I was so close. Like, I could have been an internet meme last night. Just, just that? God hates Boston. And then the best was that I sent it to Bill Simmons, I feel like. That would have helped. Well, yeah, because he's the one. God hates Cleveland. He's the one. So, okay. First down. The other thing about it is if Marshawn, I think if Marshawn makes that left foot cut to the inside a half a second earlier, I think the guy was going to overrun it and he would have gotten in on that play. The play Dante Hightower made on that to tackle him on the oh, one I was mean, just ridiculous. Insane. I mean, it's one of those plays no one's ever going to talk about again. Was, but how he kept him out of the end zone is insane, especially considering who the running back was. Uh, it, you 100% have my agreement there. So, second down. But it's one of those two where you're like, why didn't you let him score? Like, Well, yeah, at the moment, we're sitting there like, okay, well, I mean, whatever. Because at that point, there would have been basically a minute. I mean, they ran 40 seconds. It was like 40 seconds down to like 30, wasn't it? Yeah, so somewhere – a little over a minute. Right. Somewhere in that minute 15 range, roughly. Somewhere, I don't know, give, give or take. So, on second down, the first thing I'm screaming at is, why are they not calling timeout? Which made didn't make a ton of sense. Well, I mean, basically what they're saying is the game's going to end here, one way or the other. It's like, I don't, I just personally would never feel good knowing that I let the game in without trying to get the ball back. Well, and there's worse things than being down three points with a minute left and a couple timeouts. Yes, especially when Tom Brady has two of those timeouts. He was like 15 of 17 or something in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, he was basically damn near perfect in the fourth quarter. Um, so, I get it. I, I understand the explanation. I don't necessarily buy it. The explanation is, and they, if you've seen today, they've been replaying every third down or every goal line run where the Seahawks have come out in a spread formation and tried to run the ball from the shotgun. This isn't week five. It is the biggest play of the biggest game of the year. You can be the first team to repeat in a decade. Why on God's green earth do you not give it to your best your best red zone option. Well, it would be different if you didn't have any time left, but even if he doesn't score on the play, it doesn't matter. It's like you don't want to leave the Patriots any time anyway. Right. So I mean, I don't that's why I don't understand Carol's explanation of not wanting to waste a run or something stupid. Like you had plenty of time. You had a timeout too. And my argument would be I get it if it works, everyone's going, Well, this is a non issue. I still swear to God, if they throw it I, in score, I would have gone, what the hell were they thinking? I mean, personal. I mean, actually, I think the wide receiver made a bad play. He let the... No, however, that kid made... It was a hell of a play, but the wide receiver kind of right. let him he attack it. He could have easily squared off. He could have he easily made, made himself bigger, and the only way that that guy could have broken up the play was to interfere. I mean, because there's like a, f- a freeze frame of when he threw the ball, and he was six yards off. Right. I mean, it was open. He collapsed like NFL corners did. 
Um, however, it's just one of those things where you sit there and you cannot. You have Marshawn Lynch. He has to get a yard. The worst-case scenario, he gains nothing. There's no way that guy was going to get knocked down for a five-yard loss. You run him into the back of one of your offensive linemen four times. And see if he falls forward. If he doesn't score, cool. The Patriots, you deserve it. And it's one of those ones where there's no excuse for me on second down. If you want to get on cute on third down, maybe I'll sit there and listen to the argument. But there's no, there's no reason why on second down he doesn't. The only second down play I would have been cool with because the Patriots had in such – I mean, they had in a goal line formation was a Wilson boot that probably would have right. been wide open. Yeah, play action. Anything, a rollout, if you want to roll them out, that's fine. I mean, because you know if, if on second down, if they would have faked it to Lynch, everyone's biting on it. Right. Because you have to. Well, that's, what the, that's how he walked in against the Packers when he pulled it. Literally 11 guys tackled Marshawn Lynch. Exactly like Blake Sims against Ole Miss. Right. There was no one near him. No one near And it's just one of those ones where you sit there and you go, when you consider the circumstance, when you consider the, the decision, and you consider who you elected to try and win you the game. By the way, this also, I believe, proves our point that you cannot pay him what they want to pay him. Because the truth is, even though he did not play badly, in my opinion, and the truth is, if he hits that pass, he's probably the MVP of the game. If you're going to be paid $20 million plus a year to play quarterback, you cannot throw an interception there. I f- he had to make that check, didn't he? Because there's, I just, I Carroll's mean, the type of coach that wouldn't throw his quarterback under the bus. No, I, you're the one that, because I argued when I saw it, I think he checked into it. Because... In my opinion, the way that Carroll reacted naturally was one of those, like, what are we doing? And it was one of those, like, oh, my God moments. And I get it. Maybe he's like, well, he threw an interception. And they're like, oh, my God. But it's like, if you know that's come, if you know that that play is coming because you called the pass, you know that an interception is realistically one of the possible outcomes. It's one of those where you just drop your head after the play. Right. You, you know that that is the risk of calling a pass. He reacted like, what the hell just happened? As in, I thought there was no chance of that. The, it just, it really feels, the way that the NFL also works, because I have so much experience though, but I have talked to guys, a lot of times multiple plays are called in, a run and a pass. They kill one at the line of scrimmage and they run another. I swear... What I think happened is I'm sure during the myriad of team meetings, the myriad of offensive meetings, they discussed, hey, if we get to the goal line and we get this look out of them, let's run this play. And it was open, technically. It was open for a split second. I mean, it was open in the NFL. Right. It, he was a hair. It also goes to show in that league just being a fraction of a second late with the throw is a pick. It's like we talked about last night. Tom Brady played damn near a flawless game with the exception of about three passes. Two were picked off. Like, that just shows you how hard that league is. It, it was that uh, – was it Gronk settling down in the middle and he, like, just missed it by a hair and it's just picked off? Yeah. 
he he threw it he threw it a split second too late and he threw it no more than I would guess eight to eight eight inches to a foot to the left like to the inside he threw it inside by basically a foot it was picked off that's the NFL that's what you're dealing with but there's there is no way that that play was what was radioed into the headset and they said we're running this you would hope not. Right, because, I mean, that was the other thing about when we talk about we're laughing at the Corolla podcast this morning, but an eight-year-old, Corolla's eight-year-old son is sitting there. This is a kid that's never played a down of football in his life, and he's sitting there going, why did they not run it? They have Marshawn Lynch. He's the best running back in the NFL. Why did they not run it? Exactly. Like he's An eight-year-old could see that, so there's no way that somebody who's paid damn near what, I'm guessing Pete Carroll's in the $7 million range somewhere. Seven or eight, probably, yeah. Okay, he's one of, I'm going to guess, one of the five highest-paid football coaches on the planet. There's no way Jeff that... Fisher. Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, there's no way, in my opinion, that he that he would have let that go through. And everyone's like, well, he doesn't. he's, he's not involved in the offense. Let me tell you what, who's involved in the offense on, that, on second and goal from the one. The head coach. Steve Spurrier would have handed it off. I mean, so it goes back to other... Other terrible play calling decisions that we can think of. The first one that came to mind was Mark Richt and everyone go, well, it's Mike Boba, fine. But still, Mark Richt is in the same position at that point in the game. And Mark Richt is the one who okayed running a slip screen instead of giving the ball to Todd Gurley. Coach, any idea why uh, they didn't give it to Gurley there? No. Coach, were you surprised? Coach, were you surprised when they didn't give it to Gurley? Well, I think the whole stadium was, you know, uh, got got a pretty good ball player over there, and you know, and I, we're just lucky to win a ball game. I mean, that's really what happened. Yes. So, I mean, it's one of those when the entire other team is happy when you're choosing to do something, it's the wrong decision. That's usually a pretty good indicator because there's not a Pats fan in the world that did not already think of. On top of they're going to win, Marshawn Lynch is going to score. The only thing worse would have been if Richard Sherman, if Richard, Sher- although Doug Baldwin scoring is pretty bad too. When Doug Baldwin claims that no one gives them any respect and the whole media hates them, it's like, are you kidding me? Well, he was completely invisible for basically every play of that game except that one. Yeah, I mean, and he ran a fantastic rub route off of the of the umpire. And the Patriots were getting nothing close to pressure. On Wilson, and he still wasn't getting open. There was one play where Wilson, I swear to God, if we put the stopwatch on him, he bounced around for nine and a half seconds. Still not open. Still nobody could break free. In a league where you're not allowed to make contact with a receiver after five yards, no one was open. Uh, So, okay, other terrible coaching decisions we could think of. You know, there's that thing two weeks ago where someone kicked a field goal. With 19 (laughs) seconds? That, That happened, right? This is somehow worse, in my opinion. I love Marty Morningweg kicking the ball off in overtime, too. It's just a great call. Well, he believed in his defense. <laughs> okay. That was when it was sudden death completely, too. You have to respect that. <laughs> what was his reasoning again? We want the win. Wasn't that his? See, the problem, though, is, okay, if we make fun of Morningweg, then we have to sit there and we can't do... 
then we're talking out of both sides of our mouth because one of the greatest coaching decisions on this podcast. Well, yeah, but that's what, that's what we do in our lives. One of the greatest coaching decisions of all time is Bill Belichick on that Sunday night football game against the Broncos taking the wind. Peyton literally could not throw the ball into the wind. Like, it's you, so difficult. One coached the Detroit Lions and they lost every game. He didn't go 0-16, but he got close. I did love the jokes of when she came riding on the lion. It's as close as the Lions will ever be to the Super Bowl. Then apparently Reddit broke out in a massive... Was it a lion or was it a tiger? It looked like a lion, but it should have been a tiger, right? Because of the eye of the tiger, and you're going to hear me roar. It looked like a lion. Hey, the Rams made it to the Super Bowl last night. Oh, good for y'all. Julian Edelman. Good for y'all. Said St. Louis is a great team. Wait, I'm sorry, Seattle. But he wasn't concussed. That was a great quote. Hey, the doctors cleared him. Because those teams are close. I understand. I get it. We're, we're not doctors, but it was... As soon as he got hit, I said he's done. But it was also him staggering around and everything. It was painfully obvious the guy was concussed. He tried to get up and run and just fell. He fell. He collapsed. <laughs> That's he, what happens when you're concussed. Like Belichick's like, no, stay out there. Don't come to the sidelines. Can't get tested on the field. So, do you think Patriots team doctors are paid in bonuses for clearing those guys, or do you think that that's just part of when you see when you sign the contract to be a Patriots team physician? Is there expect is that in under expectation? So, I guess my idea is, will he be compensated for that decision, or is it expected that he make that decision, or she? I'm saying they probably get a better bonus in the Jelly of the Month Club. Better, or what about for half of the year? That's the gift that keeps on giving half the year, Clark. Um, so, speaking of the aforementioned, so it's it's the worst fo- coaching decision ever. It's not a good one, and I get it. We we the Rams, the Rams they get the ball down to the goal line and threw the ball five times against the Seahawks. Impressive uh, with Kellen Clemens. That's correct. Yes, um, that's another all timer because we had a penalty on first down and then threw it five four more times. Four fades, right? Basically, the last play of the game was a fade in the corner to Brian Quick. Can't believe it didn't work. That would help my fantasy team this year. Uh, then he had to go and get hurt. Uh, Getting hurt's not what happened there. <laughs> His arm might might be attached at some point. Weight room, rotator cuff, biceps tendon. Uh, so not good. <laughs> not terrible. All right, so the aforementioned uh, Catherine uh, Elizabeth Hudson Perry, a.k.a. Katy Perry, Performed the halftime show. I think we both were basically as pleasantly surprised as possible on the set list, right? The set list was good. Lenny Kravitz was not there. so that It was, was a excellent. non-factor, which was huge. Now, I will say, if you would have had... I would have loved to have known if there was a line. We never saw one. But if there were a line that says, Lenny Kravitz opens up, I kissed a girl. That would have been, been a good one. I would not have bet on that either. I was expecting him to sing some terrible song of his. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Missy Elliott ever announced? Or was that supposed to be like a surprise? I never heard it being announced. Because if I'm Kravitz, and I'm sitting there going, listen, I'm announced as a featuring performer. And we A, we didn't play a single one of my songs, which was a blessing from the good Lord above. I... Missy Elliott got, Elliott got two songs. She got two songs, and she got an original song. Well, some a song from her catalog. Um, all right, so first off, on Lenny Kravitz for a second here, and I get it, you're a little bit younger than I am, so you, you kind of miss the Kravitz. Damn. 
the Kravitz, the beginnings of Kravitz. Uh, how the fuck did this guy get famous? Because best I can tell, he's gender confusing, gender ambiguous. He's a half black Jew. So basically, him and Sammy Davis's kids are like the only, like the only version of that on the planet. So I guess he is somewhat of an anomaly. So he's intriguing. But what's amazing is that he was like one of the biggest stars in the world for a while, and he did not have a song that was any good. Like, first off, "Fly Away" is a piece of shit. That song is garbage. It is aggressively please do not play it because i don't even like want it I i'm just, not playing it. okay i don't even want like it's one of those ones where everyone like normally where you and i would play something that song's so bad i do not want to play it okay so that's his breakout hit and that song there's no way you're born in what 94 i think it came out in 97 hate i missed that so well it's amazing that you don't have brain damage like, that's a developmental phase, and that song was on the radio every seven... American Woman's terrible. Well, I was going to get into that. Okay, so we're getting there. So his own stuff sucks, and then the song that he covers is an abortion. I like Randy Bachman. I like the Guess Who. I like BTO. American Woman is a piece of shit. It's not good. It criticizes and attacks America, and it's awful. Like, there's nothing about it that I stand for. That song is horrible. And then, for, and it also never ends, which is ironic because, like, half of the song is saying bye-bye, and the song never fucking ends. It's just American Woman over and over again. So Kravitz covers that. I just, I don't understand how this guy got so famous. But you're right, the highlight of the night was his only being featured for like 17 seconds. He had more cleavage than Perry, though. I Well, then we later found out afterwards, because we both thought it was a free space on cleavage, and it ended up being... It was a little bit... But it was confusing, in my opinion. Because if you told me, even though, I, even though I would have gone to the Supreme Court arguing we saw cleavage, if you sat there and said Sportsbook or Bavada said, no go, that's not cleavage... It wouldn't have shocked you, correct? You wouldn't have sat there and go, that's a travesty of American justice. But you would have been, you would have sat there, you would have been pissed. But you would have sat there and gone, well, they just cheated. Yeah, it's one of those where she began with none. Like, what, is she, what was she wearing during firework? The dress, the sparkly dress. It, it was, I, I think, but here was the problem that we didn't find out until afterwards. The, NFL had to approve every outfit she wore. Yeah, they weren't very fun. No, they were not. I mean, they were they were still her, but they were not like her. Right. They're not what you and I would have picked her to wear. Especially the fire stuff going on. I don't know what was that was. I mean, obviously our favorite outfit was the when she Well, obviously because it was the most her. Right. And when she went to Teenage it, it was, when she went to the the songs off Teenage Dream, that was our favorite outfit. Um. So, although I kissed a girl would not be the one of the boys' song I would have picked. No, and that's probably a, a good place to go. Although I was sitting there thinking about this, though, if if the NFL got to approve, I think the NFL also had to approve the set list. So they have to approve outfits. 
Doesn't it seem like one of the songs that they wouldn't have been okay with is I Kissed a Girl? Even though... It's weird they hadn't Kravitz started, too. I don't understand why. Is, it, well, I was is th- it to make it more... That was what I was wondering. Is that what... Is there like, okay, you can do it if he starts it? I, mean, I guess that's the only reason. For, I don't, it's not like that song's unheard of or anything. No, no, no. And you and I... You and I hate the song well we don't hate it but the reason why we think it's one of her inferior songs by a significant margin is not because of it's the i kissed a girl part well, it's, it's one that, of those songs that first can't, off that kind of brings it up a bit it can't really decide what it is because it's a fun song yeah. it's slow i kissed a girl that was my first introduction to her i was in europe at a like a food court and they had these big flat screens and that song comes on, and I go, Zoe Deschanel's doing a pop music? Well, f- two thoughts. One, Zoe Deschanel's doing pop songs. And two, Zoe Deschanel got a boob job. A nice one. A tasteful. That is the ultimate compliment to her boobs. That if, by all accounts, they're real. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't have any spirits, but by all accounts, those are hers. And is there a bigger compliment to your boobs than someone going, oh, those are fake? Like, they look so good, people presume that they're not hers. I like how she totally embraces it, too. Uh, we, I said it on the Oxford Exxon podcast, and I mean, I'm sure you've heard me say it, but I stand by it. The reason why Katy Perry is so great is she knows what she is, and she maximizes every bit of it. She knows she has beautiful eyes, so she wears a ton of eye makeup that make you focus on her eyes. And she knows she's got great cans. So about every third outfit is something that has an arrow, something that has something electronic, something that clearly says, look, or it's as we discussed, the green dress 100% was a, it covered the top of her chest. But when she bought that dress or when it was given to her, it was covered at the top. She cut in the triangle to make you stare at her boobs. I love that about her. Because she's also the ultimate example. I'm going to stand by it. I do not think we'll ever have a Katy Perry nude leak. No. She, she. I think she's the ultimate example of that girl that she knows just how far enough to go to have sex sell, but she never, she never actually goes into whore territory. Like, she flirts with it. She toes the whore line. The, uh, she, she toes the whore parallel, if you will, but she never actually crosses it. And I think part of that makes her even hotter because she sits there and teases the shit out of you, yet you never get to see it. I think that's part of her appeal. Because even her super slutty photo shoots are all with magazines that you know nothing's going to really be of it. You're not, at no point in any of her photo shoots are you ever, I don't think there's anyone that realistically thinks we could see some nipple here. Not even a little bit. I don't think there's anyone out there. And that's what... I think I do stand by that. I think that also makes her a, a little bit hotter. Everything, I don't know if it's her, I don't know if it's conscientiously, I don't know if it's her business people, whoever. Whoever it is that is in charge of managing her, 100% knows what they're doing. She's in a very nice spot of the crazy hot scale. Fantastic. Because as we've said, you know that she is an absolute dynamite freak in the sack because. She got one of the world's single biggest sexual deviants. It is well documented. Look up Russell Brand's sexual deviant. He is 
a massive deviant, and he sat there and said, by God, I have to marry that. I, I don't want to ever... He literally, at some point... I'm dying, I'm good. At some point in his life, he sat there and go, I never want to bang another person other than you. That is... That has got to be one of the single greatest testaments. Like that, that is that is on the level of your boobs are fantastic because everyone thinks they're fake when they're real. The only thing that's a bigger compliment is Russell Brand decided at one point in his life he didn't stick with it, but he decided he never wanted he did to for at least maybe six months. Uh, you got to figure the it, engagement it didn't last very long. I also feel like if you one of the worst. I feel like she's, to your crazy hot point, I feel like she's one of the all-time worst people to cheat on. Because you know she goes psychotic well, at that she's point. She's definitely crazy, but right. she's in a good spot, though. She's She's noticeably crazy. It's a contained crazy. It's Yeah, it's noticeably crazy, but don't give her the excuse. And if you cheat on her, she's now got the, the, the excuse. It's kind of like the football player. You don't really want to piss it off, but he's actually a pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you know, there was a couple of there was a couple of assaults, and you know, he hit his woman a little bit. But hey, who amongst us hasn't been there, right? I always love that on message boards when a guy gets into a fight. Well, who of us hasn't been in a fight? I was like, me. I love the obstruction of justice. Please. Oh, that was one of my, all, my favorite. That was one of my all-time favorite. Uh, the advocate, <laughs> the advocacy of obstructing justice as long as the kid plays football, and it's good. Has to be good, of course. Right, of course. So we decided, Dylan came up and he decided he wanted to do a top 10 list of Katy Perry songs. So it seemed like a fitting thing to do. All right, we'll go through, we'll go 10 to the top and we'll just go back and forth. All right. At number 10, I'm, I'm a little more heavy on one of the boys, which is her first album. The best, the first caveat we should throw out there if you are expecting any song from Prism on this list, then you do not. This is like your first time ever listening to this podcast, which will probably also subsequently be. You've also probably never time. listened to Katy Perry. Right. So, probably be subsequently your last time ever podcast. Uh, nothing on Prism. We both, I think that was our both presumption when we started like, well, nothing from Prism can be on here. No. We did allow the Unplugged album, even if she covered stuff. That's true. So. Basically, we took her best three bodies the, of... Because the Unplugged album is great. It's even better. If you... It's on YouTube. Um, this is another wonderful thing about shitty Max South. I, I don't know how I don't... I thought I have... The, I would presume, based on what I pay, I have the most expensive package for cable. Somehow, I don't get Palladia, which is one of my all-time favorite channels. I would argue, in the history of cable and satellite, Palladia is one of the most underrated channels out there. Nothing but HD concerts, and they're awesome. Well, like, it's probably just you know they probably just don't offer it at all because you know Max. It actually is offered, but it's one of those. I mean, not off. I think I'm not authorized for it. Sure, I, I gotta figure out. I'm getting screwed. Um, all right. So for my number ten, I went hard on one of the boys, and so I started off with a little banger by the name of Mannequin. See, this is a perfect Jeffrey Katy Perry song because I love, as I've explained to you, the same reason why I love the little girl from churches. I love the cracky voice, breathy li- vocals. There's a lot of that in one of the boys. A lot of that in one of the boys. And that's and it's There's also none of that in prison. Very chick poppy. I love chick rock pop. Like, oh, can't get enough. This is also crazy Katy. 
I want to hit you just to see if you cry. Like that's a threat, right? Two, three, go! Alright, and your number 10 was If You Can Afford Me. Another banger off of one of the boys that not obviously not in the super catalog that people know of Katy Perry, but I love the take she takes in this song. Yeah, this is Katy Perry, the 17-year-old. Like you sit there and you go, like, oh, this was before she realized, like, oh, not every boy gets to fuck me. I just thought if you pay a ton of money, you have a shot. I love the Maybe. Well, this was my chance at her. I needed to. I gotta break the bank. Yeah, I needed this. Was, well, now I think it's over. This hook is so good too. Damn strong. Deal with it. Yeah. It's a damn strong chorus. It's a great message for young girls out there. If you're like... I can be bought. If you're like a, a hard seven or an eight, act like you're a little bit better than you are and throw out the notion you have to be able to afford me because that is part of a chick's appeal. If she has that unattainable feeling, she gets hotter for guys. Although this song, as it goes on, she goes even kind of crazier and takes girl logic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at number nine, I also have If You Can't Afford Me. At number nine, you have... Hummingbird Heartbeat came in. Oh, nine. another underrated Chick Rock. This is higher for you, isn't it? Chick Rock Power Banger. Also, great thing about Hummingbird Heartbeat is you have the the classic Katy Perry moment of throwing out a shocking lyric that's not that shocking, but it hooks you in immediately. First off, love... This song is 100% about sex, and I love it. 100%. But you got to love the metaphor. There's a lot of those. Two, three, go. You make me feel like I'm losing my virginity. The first time, every time when I love this song. Me, this is like, I, I actually really like this song. Depending on my mood, anything from one to nine can be my favorite song. I agree. There's a collective group that need to be in one, that need to be involved and included. This is like the seventh single off of Teenage Dream. I mean, it, never, it was so good that it didn't even have time to like actually percolate. She was basically on her third album after that. Banging chorus. An absolute banger. No getting around it. All right, at number eight, I think this is one of the, the points of contention. I don't think you're a huge fan of it. I still think it's a great song. It's a perfect Katy Perry song, which is it knows what it is. It's fun, and it didn't try to do anything too, uh, anything too extreme. And I was in California when this happened. And I also kind of like had to like it at the time because, ironically, I dated a lot of California girls. I hate Snoop Dogg, too. 
I agree with you. The best version of the song is the one that doesn't feature him. There's like just a straight pop version of her. But this feels very Beach Boysy. I don't, and I love. I like the song. It just didn't make my top ten. It's not an insult. No, no, I, I'm with you. But this feels like California synth poppy, and that's what I love. Good chorus too. No, but you will be poor. You don't fall in love. You just wind up poor. Eh, I'd say you're fair to Midland. I'm a big fan. At number eight, you have... I went with Firework at eight. It's a song that really is dependent on mood. There's no question, because today the sun was shining, and... The sun was out. I was in the car. Carly had the window back down. She was hanging out her head. Nothing else would do. Such a strong opening, too. Strong opening and a strong last chorus. At the very end when she's just belting out boom, 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 even brighter than the moon. This song's really good live, too. It's a perfect closer. I think we called we called the opening and the closing, right? Yes. That is so pathetic that we could call a set list. We didn't see Teenage Dream. We didn't, we, so, I didn't really expect Teenage Dream or I Kissed a Girl to make an appearance. I was happy that it did. See, I love the, the strings. I need, I'm a sucker for pop songs with strings. You can belt this one. Oh, yeah. This is the song in your car that you're just hammering. Also, a nice David Guetta feel where you can do the fist bump. You can do that with any song almost. It's a pop song. Yeah, but every David Guetta song ever, you can just fist bump. Okay, so what did you have at seven? I went with the underappreciated Hackensack. Okay. Unplugged. Okay, that's another... Again, I cannot stress enough how much I recommend... I recommend Katy Perry's Unplugged. Also, this is written by a terrific pop guy, the guy that was the front man for uh, Fountains of Wayne. More importantly, the dude that wrote That Thing You Do also wrote Hackensack. Digging deep into that discography is what we're doing here. Well, I used to, it's like Al, it's uh, Adam Sh- Schlossnagel. It's super Jewy sounding. I love this song. The Jew that can play the bass. That's a short book, right? Come on, Token. Do you have. Right, but. Great Jews, great Jewish bass players is a short book, right? One hand, definitely. (laughs) But that's what the guy is. I love. I'm a sucker for harmony, too. I love when I love when people cover stuff they like. Like you know what I mean? Like if if you were to 
when you can see like what an artist grew up on, I, I'm a big fan of that. At seven, I went with another another deep cut, one that I think is a fantastic song. She's big fan of Pearl. Super underappreciated Katy Perry song. She's just a grain of sand. This love's too strong like mice and men. Ooh, literary reference. Are you paying attention there, Taylor Swift? She used it appropriately. This song is so much better than it got credit for being. Could not agree more. This is, in my opinion, her most underrated song. It doesn't start out fast, so people don't listen to it, so it didn't become popular. And the hook's not till the chorus, which comes later in the song. This, I love this song. Fantastic vocals. Could be a Statue of Liberty. Come on. Could be a Joan Hart. See how she appropriately uses literary references there, Taylor? I kept her in the dark. Can't do that. Fantastic chorus. This song is a journey. Not in a super happy mood. This is a great Katy Perry to go with. Yeah, if you're not if you're not the world's on fire, if you're looking, that's the closest she'll get to a straight up ballad, like that kind of stuff. Uh, so with six, I went with Firework, and at six you had Last Friday Night. Last Friday Night, which is also what I had at five. So we're rolling right around again. If it's a Friday night and you've got a few people over and you're pregaming before you hit the town, before you know, if you're just if you want to thump that foot just a little bit, but you're not ready to get super fired up, you just want to just thump it enough just to let to get in the mood. There's no better song. Now, this music video kind of sucks. She has on the... This was my our, our biggest alcoholic in the fraternity. Um, our, our biggest alcoholic... We had a senior video, and everyone picked their last song, and this was last Friday night. And it was basically just every picture of him blacking out. Another banging chorus. Damn! All right, what do you have at number five? I had Pearl. We've already been there. As Pearl, uh, no argument there. I, if, again, we've. I think we're. I think we can agree, with the exception of one or two songs. There's a collective group that needs to be the ten songs, and, and we you, have them all right. Here. And you can just flip a few. All right, number four. I have the aforementioned Hummingbird Heartbeat because I do love that song. This is probably our biggest disagreement coming up now. All right, and you do love... Wide Awake. You are all about it. All about falling from cloud nine. I'm wide awake. Probably our biggest disagreement. I'm wide awake. 
I put a bigger emphasis on. I feel like I put a bigger emphasis on guitars and drums. This is. The chorus is great, but it's still too processed for me to be to crack my top ten. It's fair. I just love the song. Oh, the drumming's not bad. It's like the very best version that Roar could have been. This is what... This is something that Ryan Tedder could never do, but he has a ton of songs that sound like this. It's just not my favorite, and it's just because of the process factor. Uh, number uh, three for me, I I love this song. This was this was damn near impossible when I got to the top. I just basically had to go, what song would I prefer? I basically had to choose by what song would I prefer to listen under we, the most circumstances. We have the same top three. Yeah. It's and probably in a different order. Right, and there's, for me, Teenage Dream. By the way, being in number three is also a compliment because it is my favorite number. So, you have something to, to hang your hat on, but I went with Teenage Dream for number three. Strong guitar. The only thing that keeps Teenage Dream, in my opinion, from being an a all-time pop song, the drum machine. I, if she hits this thing with real hard drums, like a one of the boys, hard, like Howard Benson-esque drums, I would, this would be... Because I love the vocals. By the way, another song that's also a softcore porno. A little bit. Yeah. Put your hands on me in my skin tight jeans. Well, and it gets there. Built a fort out of sheets. Uh, Just love. Great chorus, though. A jump, a jump up bridge to chorus. A jump up and down chorus. This is another car one where you, just, you can't help it. And at number three, you have, let me guess, Waking Up in Vegas. That's correct. All right. So I just think it's overall, this is, when I think of Katy Perry, well, I don't want that version. I want this one. When I think of Katy Perry, this is what I think of. This, and granted, this was like my first, like, because I heard I Kissed a Girl and I heard uh, uh, I Kissed a Girl and then, uh, what else do we have? This song uh, also is nowhere near popular enough. No, it, it's one of those ones that I don't Hot get it. Hot and I Kissed a Girl yeah. being more popular over this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it bothers me, actually. Because this song... A lot of people haven't heard this song. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I, like, I played on the Oxtracks. Like, I like Katy Perry. I didn't hear that one. God, this song's so good. This hook, too.
drumming's damn near perfect. I hope Greg Wells has quietly has a lot of money. Do we get hit? I don't know. Ooh, I'm from Memphis. I'm from Memphis. Uh, at number three, I had Teenage Dream again. At number two, I think we're both we both are at the same place. It's the track that follows directly after waking up in Vegas. I prefer it on the the unplugged version, but I believe we both have Thinking of You as the second best Katy Perry song. That's correct. And it is definitely a song that nobody's heard. Like It's so good. Like Both versions, I love the live version, but the studio version is just as good. Right, no, They're excellent. It's the difference between like a nine and a nine and a half. This is our football relationship right yeah. now. Right now, this is the only song. When you... Last night when I, I got done with Carly at the park and she she went to the bathroom, we're walking back, and I it hit me. I was like, oh, my God, no more football. So I immediately cranked up thinking of you. You say move on. Where do I go? And I love the fact that it's, about, it's written about the guy who taught her to play the guitar, and it, the base of the song is the chords that, she, that he taught her to play the guitar. I love that. That's that's special. Did, that, did you get the the neck? The tingles. Pouring your soul out. Yeah, we're going to let this one play for a little bit. Because not enough people know this song. This is us doing our job. We are introducing you to art. You know what? Go to iTunes. Give her the money for this. She deserves $1.29. You're like an Indian summer in the middle of winter. Can you think of a better compliment you could pay to a guy? Hey, it's freezing cold, but you make me feel warm. I love the way the studio version sounds on this part. Yeah. A lot of up and down. Yeah. It's awesome. I do like the rawness of this one, though. It, they're both great. Well, no, I, I agree with you on every, the, But I like the fact that this song, this song feels honest. Ooh, that was some nice drumming there. Big power, double move. I like about this song is everybody has guy or girl everybody's got that person you know what I mean That's, everyone right now is thinking of somebody that fits this song 
I have to finish it because the the vocal move she does at the end is when you bust in the door. Hey, Mississippi State fan says she has no talent. Like, that's a raw vocal there. That's art. The great thing about living in Oxford now, the only thing like, yeah, basically the only thing I actually like about living in Oxford, I now can jam out and listen to Katy Perry in the car. No one even cares. Like, no, you are 0% going to get judged. I almost hate it more now because everyone likes her. Right, but... I, I have, I really, I like being contrarian. Right, no, I know that, but also you got to claim her first. Um, so that is our complete list. Uh, I feel pretty good about those. I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel like that we both, the both those lists fit both of us. You put waking up in Vegas first. I put teenage dream first. Yeah, and it's, it's splitting splitting hairs as we both said. Now, um, things that really have to be done. We did not realize this until I was making the the new intro, but somehow we had skipped over Lapete Tourette, which is one of my. I consider a Mount Rushmore episode. Cartman getting Tourette's, getting Tourette's just so he can say whatever he wants, I still think is one of the greatest ideas that the world has ever had. So this is a little bit of an extended clip. It's one of those two where you kind of wish you were in the writer's room. It's like, oh, the jokes that didn't make. It's like, I want to know the stuff that didn't make the Team America theme song, America Fuck Yeah. I want to know what they what they left off. Or just like, let's give them Tourette's. Like, I'm sure there was some, why have we not done this already? Yeah, there was some, you know, so they're like, that was, that should have been a layup. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we're, we can, we pride ourselves. So again, Lapete Tourette, I believe this is season 11. Big Wayne Slammer comes with posable neck smash grip. That's pretty cool. Let's see. Cock! It's a black jackal, karate kick, power force, and bendable neck. Asshole! Cock! Asshole, shit, shit, cock! Ma'am, is that your son over there? Yes, I'm sorry. My son has Tourette syndrome. Tourette syndrome? It's a neurological disorder. He, he can't control what he says. Oh. Shit! Dumb shit! All right, Thomas, maybe we should go? All right, Mom. Bitch! Ass bitch! Here, let's buy you a nice toy to take home. Dude, that mom is cool. Cocknut! Ugh! Stupid shit! Are you talking to me? No! Cocknose! What's your problem, kid? Oh, I I'm sorry. My son Thomas has Tourette syndrome. What? Mom, let's just go. Shit! People with Tourette's can't control certain tics. It's, it's like a sneeze. Asshole! Asshole! Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're telling me there's an illness that makes you blurt out obscenities? Mom, can we just go home, please? It's okay, Thomas. They understand. I want to go! Shitbag! Poor kid. Yeah. All right, hold on just a second here. Are you telling me that if you have this Tourette syndrome, you can say whatever you want all the time and never get in trouble? 
It's a neurological disorder. He can't help it. Yeah. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden twinkle in my eye. <laughs> hey, don't you want to buy that toy? I don't need the toy. I found something better. Cause I got a golden ticket. I got a golden chance to make my way. Okay, so what do we get when we multiply a negative number? Dick tits! When we multiply a negative number by another negative... Shit! Asshole! Excuse me? If we apply what we've just learned, we see that all negatives can... Spooge, balls, bloody vaginal belch! <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't laugh. It makes me feel insecure about my illness. Alright, kids, let's just try to focus on learning, okay? Now, all you need to remember here is that negative numbers... Tampon! Tampon dick shit! Will you knock it off already? Kyle, don't you think I wish I could? I'd give anything to be normal like you. Cake! Don't push me, asshole! Kyle, watch your language! <laughs> if I could yell tampon dick shit in the classroom, I'd be so happy. Well, Mr. and Miss Bravlosky, I think your son has learned a lot, and he appears to be honestly remorseful for making fun of people with disabilities. Piss! Piss! Our son is a good kid. He just didn't understand Tourette's was a real disease. Well, I think the only thing left now is for your son to apologize to his little classmate. Well, Kyle? I'm sorry. Uh, what was that? I, I couldn't quite make that out, Kyle. I'm sorry. You're starry? I don't get what you mean by that, Kyle. You're sorry because I... I said I'm sorry, you piece of... Oh, oh, no, don't worry about it, Kyle. Now I understand. I've learned to deal with intolerance. Dumb shit, douchebag! And it means a lot that you're standing here apologizing with your dad and lovely mother. Fat Jew! Jew bitch! Oh, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Big nose cake! <laughs> well, I think we can all put this behind us now. Piss out my ass! Yeah, piss out your ass right onto Kyle's mom's fat fucking Jew face! Oh, 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 goodness. Excuse me. Jeez, that was a bad one. Well, gotta run, everybody. Got some big things in the works. Isn't having Tourette's awesome? That would be his reaction to getting Tourette's, right? It's really one of those where they were like, why have we done this already? Uh, just, in my, it's a Mount Rushmore episode for Although me. Although that's more of just the show than us. Yeah, that's true. Because there's several episodes we haven't touched that probably should have. Yeah, I don't. There's there there are. You're getting old, and Aspergers are a great back to back. Should have been free spaces, really, if you will. And I think we, especially for me, you're getting old is absolute perfect episode. <laughs> uh, I was reminded today how what a cynical asshole I had become by two of my high school friends. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, I there's the scene where we we didn't play it, but because we we're already running a little bit long, uh, the scene where. When Cartman explains that he's going to go on national TV and talk about Tourette's and he's going to just absolutely tarnish the Jews. God, have a seat. Have a seat. What are you doing here? Make fun of Chris Hansen. There's not a bad moment of that episode. And then Kyle, uh, uh, Cartman, Kyle thinks that he ruins the entire, that he ruins the entire 
Dateline episode, but really Cartman had prayed for divine intervention because really, if God would look at it, it was really his fault that all of that was happening. Uh Again, if you've liked what you hear, I would. This is a landmark episode today. It's been excellent. We got to talk about the three things I think collectively we love the most. We talked about football, Katy Perry, and South Park. We, decent servings of each. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were basically we didn't. Oh, and I got to talk about Fast and Furious. I, I love it. Today was it's awesome. a great episode. Today was a landmark Hall of Fame esque episode. Uh. You can follow us both on Twitter. Dylan is at DylanEdward77. I am at Lord underscore J Wright. You can listen to us on iTunes, allegedly. Again, the best way to do that is to search for us from your desktop. There is a... Sacrifice a live chicken while doing so. I, again, wouldn't hurt. You can't... You can not make the argument that it would hurt. Uh boo on your side. <laughs> Who cares? Do it from the content page on your desktop. It'll transfer right over. Since it is such a fantastic landmark episode, this wouldn't be complete without hearing from one of the greatest Americans to ever live. Roosevelt the Greater. Roosevelt Roosevelt the Superior. I, I prefer Superior than Greater. <laughs> you could no more make an agreement with them than you could nail jelly to a wall. And the failure to nail jelly to a wall is not due to the nail. It's due to the jelly. For Theodore Roosevelt, for Dylan Edwards, for Jeffrey Wright, for Catherine Hudson Perry... This is I like Katy Perry more than Katie Hudson. That's a good move by her. Well, yeah. There already is a Katie Hudson. K- Kate Hudson sucks, too. Uh, Mamba, out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.